Hi everyone and welcome back to Inside Success. In this episode, I get to speak to Lee Potter, who is the founding director of MPH Sports. Lee's built this business over a number of years, which is there to support professional athletes with finding new homes and building up a portfolio of properties to give them a continuous income once they finish their careers. What I didn't realise and what comes out in the podcast is obviously Lee's own personal journey from being signed at an early age as a player himself and then the path and journey Lee took when that dream ended. So look, before we get into the present Lee, let's know a little more about you. Yeah. I'm going to start with a quick fire, get to know your guest. Yeah, far away. Ready? Yeah. Real simple things. What was your favourite computer game as a kid? Got me FIFA. FIFA? It's got me FIFA. What was the first one you had? Oh, God. Was it, was, it was always Must numbers, have... wasn't it? Or was it FIFA first? I can't remember. Uh, was it FIFA? Must have been. <laughs> Any, anyone like the, the Sega Mega Drive? Um, yeah. Whatever the football game was, was back then, I'm sure it was FIFA. It was FIFA. It was FIFA. Uh, so you would have been uh, looking at something around the, well, I was born in 79, so it's got to be the eight, 80s, isn't it? You know, uh, was it late early 80s? 90s? Uh, uh, yeah, late 80s, early 90s would have, would have been that. Uh, my brother and I used to always live in our, uh, uh, whatever the Nintendo was at the time. <laughs> but it was, um, I'm getting you thinking, game. right? Yeah, yeah, no, it was an unexpected question. Um, and what team but, would you be always? We, we, well, surprisingly, it would have been probably QPR. Okay. Because I changed team. Um, Five minutes in, we're getting very... Yeah, deep. Um, <laughs> controversial as yeah, well. Yeah, controversial Because stuff. no one was to really change their team, but um, QPR were really rubbish. And all my powers were at Chelsea, and Chelsea were always QPR's biggest rivals. So when I, I started going uh, to Chelsea as a, as a kid... Um, with my mates and then we started to go home games away games European games the inevitable was going to happen um, much to my dad's disgust to be honest and my brothers but yeah it was always like a QPR probably against Chelsea or something um, but yeah was, you know <laughs> Super Mario was always up there and, but um, so I'll give you a little secret there's, yeah. a, there's a famous picture of me as a kid I was on a soccer um, or football we want to call it depends who's listening today obviously um, <laughs> uh, camp with uh, my, my football team and uh, being young and naive, there's a shirt with me in a Tottenham t-shirt <laughs> holding the FA Cup with Gary Mabbott. Brilliant. But back then... <laughs> you, yeah. back For then, people who don't know, I'm an Arsenal fan. Yeah, so. well, I know you're an Arsenal fan. So back then you would almost have different shirts. I mean, yeah. I actually bumped into Dave Besson um, on the train on last Friday. Safe pair of hands there. Safe, very safe pair of hands. What a player he was. Um, great goalkeeper. And I was, we were on our uh, way to um, Gaucho. He was on his way to Gaucho. I was going with my wife for dinner. And um, he was doing a, um, a sports person's talk. And I said to Lorne, I said, that was, he was actually the first person that gave me my first ever trophy. Oh, wow. So I've got a picture of him at home. Um, you just put that up somewhere then. I probably should. Um, you should. But it's in, it's in a box somewhere now. But yeah. Fantasy dinner guest and why? Oh. I would have said JT, um, but I now work with JT. So it's John Terry. John Terry. Those yeah. in the, uh, the JT um, world. Yeah. Um, and I've had breakfast with John and he's pretty cool. So my next one would have to be 
Frank Lampard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would have so many questions for that guy. Uh, I have met Frank, but I haven't had any form of time with him. That's definitely on my. So that's on your wish target list. list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, that's, get, that's, we'll that's, get, that's probably an achievable target as well. Possibly. Okay. So, would you rather be a star player in a bad team or an average player in an elite team? Um, I think as a kid I loved obviously my dream was to become a footballer I'm sure that will come up at some point but I was, I was never the star player and I was happy with that um, our teams were always elite whether it was, <clears throat> whether it was school county uh, borough which is district yeah, yeah. Um, QPR, Watford our teams were always good um, so I'm, I'm happy to be a, an average player in an elite team. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. happy for someone else so to take part that. of it collectively. Definitely. Rather than leading and being a team that doesn't do anything. Definitely. Mm, okay, like that. Would you rather work more hours a day but have longer weekends or work fewer hours a day with more work days? Uh, I would... I never have a day off, Paul. Okay. This is the thing. And I think when you come to realise if you want to be successful... You, you, you work from the minute you, you start the day and you're working from the minute you go to bed. I've got to actually improve on that. Um, I am getting better in the sense that we, I try not to work too much at weekends now um, because I worked pretty much sort of six days a week from sort of eight till eight really for probably sort of 15, 16 years. Um, now I have got my, my weekends back. So I would say I would rather work more in a day and, and less days of them. I like that. And do you have a favourite quote? Favourite quote? We've got a saying here, actually. Okay, say you got to you got to do what you got to do. Okay. So, um, so we're you know if it means that you got to come in a little bit early or work a bit late or you've got to drive to Manchester for uh, an hour's meeting, you've got to you got to suck it up and do Get what you've got to do. Yeah, so that would probably be it, really. Okay, that's good. So before we get to the present, yeah. I'd like to get a little, more, a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So could you introduce yourself and a bit about your working background before you started at MPH Sports? So let's push it all the way back. What was your, what was your first working experience? Uh, my first, um, all the way back, I was dropping leaflets um, at the age of 10, 11. Um, okay. I then managed to get a few mates come on board and I'd then give them leaflets to drop and thankfully I would then not do it and tell the company I was dropping them, but I actually outsourced it. So I guess that was sort of probably my first sort of sign of entrepreneurship. Um, I then, uh, yeah, I, I was offered a job after my work experience in a restaurant. Um, I, I really enjoyed the catering side. Um, but after um, my football career didn't work out at Watford. Um, what age was that? 16. Okay. So I was there from 10. So we'll leave that part for a second. Yeah. And then um, college didn't quite work out I'm sure we'll come back to that as well um, so my first job was um, in a state agency at 17 um, at Baker Pierce in Rainers Lane as a junior uh, negotiator I was there for um, 
for four years. Okay. Um, so I went from a junior negotiator to the office manager. I was then offer, offered a directorship title at that company, but the actual director set up his own company. Um, so that's four years? That was four years, yeah. So I was- You did all right. I did all right. Um, I, did, I did well. And then I was offered a, um, an equity partnership at another company. So I, I joined there to set up a, a lettings division from scratch. Um, they were fairly successful um, in, uh, with the sales arm that they had. They had two offices over sort of Harrow and Wembley. Um, and then I sold my home and opened up my own estate agency. Uh, back what in age? 2004, I was 24. Okay. Yeah, I was 24. So sold my house, um, asked my dad to move back in with him after leaving him at 19. Um, he said, well, your room's still there, mate. Um, <laughs> You've got your QPR colours on the wall still. Yeah, yeah. We're walking in with a Chelsea shirt. <laughs> yeah. um, so that was, um, that was a, a, a change. But then, yeah, look, you know, um, our, our company went from um, one office to five offices to in five years. Um, we were very successful until uh, the credit crunch, unfortunately. Um, but then... Yeah, uh, uh, I wanted to change my, my life, which I'm sure we'll talk about that as well during the pod. Um, and I wanted to give myself a new challenge. Okay. So that was at 21, you sold your property. 24. Sorry, 24. I sold my home and I put all the money into setting up an estate agency. Yeah. Wow. Every single is... penny of it. So what was the trigger for you to go you know what, what have I got to lose? Or was it a blind confidence? It, it was blind confidence. I backed myself. Um, I think when, I think sport really helps you become competitive in business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wanted to be the best. I wasn't the best at, in football by any stretch, um, but I wanted to be the best of the person I could be in a state agency. And I felt like I had a bit of a, an edge over other people that I was working alongside. That's why I always got promotion after promotion and pay rise after pay rise. Mm. But I always felt like I was, I was destined to do something better. And so it, the conversation really was, I was leaving a very, very good salary with a 40% equity stake in a lettings uh, um, department. Whilst only being in it for four years. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah, impressive. Yeah. yeah. Um, to then... Um, Back myself, and I did it with a partner who um, who I knew would complement my skill set. And between us, I felt that we we tore it up. We had a we had a really really um, good environment. We had a great. Um, he had a skill set which was more operational led. Um, I was very good with people mm-hmm. um, on the front line. So my responsibility was to uh, lock in sales instructions and lessons instructions and that would have a team in place to then sell them and rent them and he would oversee the management of the business and and i felt like we did that really really well okay so that was, i didn't know that bit so it's quite it's quite an interesting element of it so let's take that part you're 24 there let's flip it all the way back to the 16 year old yeah lee pottle yeah who I didn't know you then. No, you didn't know. So we, we've obviously known each other for what? Oh, 15 years? Yeah, about 15 years, yeah. And that's for obviously mutual... Uh, uh, friends and friends, family. Friends, yeah, obviously from James Simpson. Yeah. 
And um, so I've known a lot of your history, but don't know. I never knew you at school. No. And I never know what the Lee Potter was there. Yeah. So yeah, what, you wouldn't have wanted to, to be what, honest. What, what I like is that, that <laughs> I, what's interesting so far, this is your, you're my second person speaking to. And as soon as I've said that 16 mark, yeah. the same expression comes up on the face, a big smile, and yeah. then the thought process of how to describe yeah. yourself. I was always one of them kids, to be honest, that could have always done a lot better academically. Um, got easily distracted for anything, you know, a light going on or someone saying something or a cough happening or something happening in the corridor. I got distracted because my mind wasn't focused on really what I should have been focusing on. I was focused on when does school finish so I can play football? You know, what team am I playing for? Who are we playing? How am I getting there? So let's step back to the football part yeah. then because obviously you, you've mentioned that being quite a big part of your, your childhood. So what was the first memories or your first time you played football? Uh, well, my dad was my coach um, at the age of five, really. Okay. Um, so he coached me up until I was probably at 10. Um, I then got picked up by QPR for a year, um, went to Hayden, my, uh, which was secondary school. Um, my game went to another level at that point. I was getting extra training with, with QPR. Um, obviously, my dad was in living the dream because he was thinking, great, my son's going to be playing for Green Park Rangers. Um, but then Watford came, came in, um, and the infrastructure at Watford was, was superb. Run by a guy called Kenny Jacket. Kenny Jacket was a former yeah, Watford legend. Yeah. Um, and we felt it was the right move for me to, to sign for them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had the, the best football experiences really I played for every because back then even though you signed for a, uh, an academy I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. a professional club you were still able to play for your grassroots team okay. whereas today you sign exclusively yeah you're done so it was it was nice to be able to still play for my grassroots team and the uh, league representative side of your county your district and that sort of stuff but um, Watford was a brilliant experience um, you know I was part of a team where some of them went on to make it uh, full-time pros um, I was probably a bit small probably a bit too nice as well that was the kind of the feedback that my dad was getting um, and we were then offered um, other trials when I was 16 when when I was released um, got other trials like Millwall West Ham came in but I needed just to focus on enjoying it I think that was important yeah. and I needed to focus on my exams, I needed to focus on um, what life looked like yeah, yeah. beyond football. So, um, what, so you, did you have an, a kind of inkling getting up to the age of 14, 15, it wasn't going to happen? No, not at all actually. Um, if I'm honest, um, under 14s, uh, Watford were entered into the Air Cup. Now the Air Cup at the time was the biggest national tournament okay. for youth football. Um, and our team won the group stage. We played Liverpool in the quarterfinal. Uh, we played Motherwell in the semi, and we actually faced Cambridge in the final. Okay. Big stadium, yeah, loads of thousands nice. of people there, and we won it. Um, at that point, so you're on a massive high. A, a massive high, and and ev there was so many clubs that were after pulling me in. Um, Kenny just said to my dad, "Look, just trust the process. You know, we back him." But a lot can happen in a year, let alone two years after that. Um, so what was your mindset then around school? Obviously, uh, you, you've got the, you've got a massive high. You've probably come to that period where GCSEs are being discussed. Yeah. Um, 
as you say, was your eye physically on score or were you physically no, going, you know what? On, I, I honestly felt between the ages of 12 and 15, 15 and a half, I was, I was going to make it. Okay. I genuinely did. So it, 16 was a bit of a, a tough time for me, if I'm honest. Um, you know, understand, realising that maybe I'm not going to make it. Um, it's, football's different now, but, but back then, um, I should have probably, I took it too badly. That was my okay. problem. I'm quite an emotional sort of guy. I took it too badly and I should have, I should have probably have chucked myself back at fighting more for that. Um, but my, I backed what my parents said at the time is that, that you probably have sacrificed academically to get to the point where you are at football. You now need to shift your focus onto your exams. And to be honest, I got through my exams. You know, I wouldn't have got, I didn't get any sort of, you know, A's and B's, but I got majority of your C's and, and, a, and a few D's and stuff. And, uh, and I did enough to, to justify a half sensible CV for a company to employ me when I needed to. And then that took you then straight into the estate agency? Uh, I tried college. Um, so I tried college for six months at West Hearts in Watford, which is now... Studying what? Uh, sports science, I think it was. Um, okay. It was something sporty. Um, it was something I, I, you know, I felt like I needed to, to, to do. Um, and I, it wasn't for me. I realised that actually, if I'm not playing football, I just want to earn money. And I was hungry. I had a little bit of anger inside me. I, I felt like I'd... I knew I'd, I'd, I should have focused more on the sport. So if I couldn't focus on sport, I needed to focus on yeah, yeah, yeah. business. Yeah, um, okay. I didn't want to learn. I was never good in a classroom. Mm -hmm. So to go back into a classroom four or five days a week, it wasn't for me. And, and to be fair, my mum backed me and, and she said, Look, what do you want to do? And it was literally my, my close pal at school, his brother became an estate agent. And all okay. of a sudden, he's gone from, you know, uh, being a someone who who we used to look up to, to yeah. now driving a nice car okay. in a flash suit, yeah. I thought, do you know what? Maybe this is a bit of me, and and I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Part of the, what we're discussing and the reason why we're going back from the very start is there was a, as a as a generation coming through who believe that everything they see on social media is instant gratification. Everything is done in a heartbeat, yeah. and that they're going to be millionaires within twelve months. Yeah, yeah. And and from your story to where you were then, I don't think people have enough opportunity to speak to people on how to actually move their careers forward, regardless of what they're doing when they leave school. And you've just highlighted there you didn't have any concept, and you fell into it for a referral of talking to another human. Well, that makes sense. Absolutely, perfect sense. And my son, being uh, sixteen, who is halfway through his GCSEs right now, who has just been released from a professional football club, is going through exactly the same journey as what I did. Tough. Uh, yeah, of course it's tough. It's you know it's probably worse on on us watching him because you can't control it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean the, the poor lad at eight. He had eight uh, very successful seasons at QPR. They didn't sign him because of his height. Um, he then was offered a trial at Luton Town. Luton Town signed him in a heartbeat to the rest of the season. Um, and when we, we had to force a, a scholarship um, answer based on the fact that his, his exams were coming up and we needed to apply his mindset to that as well. And it was a split decision that um, it was a no uh, after five months there. And, and we, we felt that that was probably going to happen for him. Um, and... Now, to be fair to him, um, 
he's applied some fantastic time towards his studies. Um, he's now going to be looking at joining Wildstone on a two-year okay, scholarship, nice. so it's local. <clears throat> he gets to play football four times a week. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's perfect for him. I think, you know, with the National League doing so, so well, highlighted by Wrexham this yeah, year in its county, I think yeah, that yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of opportunity and money being thrown into, into the lower leagues now. Um, and I think there's an opportunity for other clubs to tap into buying some bargains. And I think, I think Jamie's got a fantastic future in the game um, if his attitude's right. So subconsciously, was there that, that cold shudder feeling that you know, things are repeating themselves again? Oh, 1,000%. And that you, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to nip it in the bud before it got to the point of complete devastation yeah. and we've, exams were no... Absolutely. Yeah, we've, we've removed any ill feeling from him. You know, this is not his fault. He's going to be absolutely fine. We will back him, we will support him. Um, The pressure of becoming a footballer back then wasn't as much. Now it is is different. Everyone wants to do it. The lifestyle's fantastic. You know, the money's great. Um, But only for short periods of time. So you can't, and and if I'm honest, I I don't really want him to become a footballer. Um, I work with these players every single day. It's not what you all think it is. Genuinely, you know, short contracts, no long-term mm. security, moving around the country to earn a, a few quid. I mean, you're right if you're playing in the Premier of course, League, but yeah. the lower leagues, the money isn't quite there and, and, and it's very insecure. So shall we get to the current? Yeah, let's do it. Let's fast forward. So you've been in state agency all, that, all the way through. Yeah. Um, you are now, obviously, the managing director of MPH Sports. Yeah. Again, where you obviously discussed previously on your your moment of uh, clarity to do something different yeah how did this happen how how out of the blue did you suddenly go from i've got a state agency you mentioned the credit crunch what was the inspiration to start this element of the business yeah the inspiration i'll be honest um was a lifestyle change so with jamie at qpr chloe starting to play football um they were playing eight times a week. And as you know, with kids, that's just football, let alone mm-hmm. all the other activities and clubs and yeah. friends. And so I couldn't, I wasn't there. No. I was becoming a, I wouldn't say a terrible dad, um, but clocking into an estate agency at seven, half seven in the morning, bearing in mind I've probably already done a couple of hours at home already. Mm-hmm. Um, to then not coming home till seven, eight o'clock in the evening and then getting the laptop back out to put on more property details and notifying the team of what new listing we've just taken on. It was causing problems in my life um, between me and my wife, between us us as a family, she's running around everywhere. I wasn't being available because I was solely responsible for a lot of the money that we were bringing in and had a fantastic team. Um, that were protecting that and, and, and my business partner over, overseeing the operations. But long term, that, that could never work. Um, I wanted to do something that I was really passionate about. So I wanted to shift my mindset into helping people buy and not helping people sell. So okay. I, I, I piloted it with local people and there was a demand for it. And I thought, well, I wonder if I could take this to sport. I love yeah, sport. Yeah, Who doesn't yeah, love sport? Yeah, whatever yeah, whatever yeah, this yeah, sport, yeah, yeah. sport is, whether it's football, rugby, cricket, boxing, whatever it is. Um, so we built a educational workshop and I put it out on, on LinkedIn mm-hmm. to say um, how 
do you feel there would be a space in the in sport for someone to teach athletes more about safe property investment? Okay, so in that fact, yeah. So this is the next section we're going to, which is what I'd like to know is the what you do, yeah, how you do it, yeah. and why, and why it can't be financially motivated, yeah. yeah. And this is about MPH Sport, which is your baby yeah. and your growth period. So yeah. what is MPH Sports? MPH Sports is a property finding service. That's what we do. We help support and provide safe property investments to athletes um, to help with transition after the career. Because we, we all know that athletes are going to earn life-changing money. Mm-hmm. And more than the average than you and I, right? Yeah. So it's about parking that money into some property in a, in a tax-efficient way that allows them to receive some healthy passive income for the rest of their life. And, and they're not going to need that money whilst they're playing. No. But they can have the ability to tap into it should they need to after football, after sport in general. So um, it, did some of that come thought process and more of a human side due to the understanding of disappointment of being let go yourself at 16. Definitely, look, absolutely, we talk about it, you know. So what we did is during that, um, that presentation, I, I openly talk about at the beginning that it was also my dream to become a, an athlete. That's what okay. I, I wanted to do, I had a dream. So when, when did MPH Sports start? So MPH Sports officially went live on the 1st of February, 2020. Okay, wow, okay, so three years in. Three years, we had, um, about two years under MPH. We yeah. rebranded exclusively for MPH Sports um, because a former player in Scott Dan. I was going to start, so is it just yourself that's uh, the, the main people or who's the other director? Uh, yeah, I've got two other directors. Yeah, so I'm a 50% shareholder of the business. Um, I've got two other partners, uh, one being Scott Dan, who's just retired from Reading Football Club. Hi, Scott, nice to see you today. Um, nice to see you and sharing. my business partner, um, Elliot Lamerton, who also I co-own my estate agency with, um, also has um, 25% of the company. Um, two people who I love to bits, back entirely, uh, and they back me. So, and, they, and we've all got a different, uh, um, I guess, roles and responsibility within the business. Elliot, his brain works completely different to mine. Again, helps me with the operations of the company. Yeah. And Scott, we focused on, we needed money when we opened this business. He mm-hmm. invested into the business and now he's retired. We've got some exciting plans where he can, he can get back involved again, but not once have we asked him to recommend or of course refer. we wanted him to focus on his career and, and what an unbelievable career he's had so you took it from the point of view of as you said before was take it out to linkedin ask them what if there was a um yeah uh, a, a kind of desire for yep. people to get into this and get some uh, more information yeah um what i liked and probably why i wanted to speak to you is very much a lot of it's done through education and taking it from the very early years or at the point of view before they are are do you take yeah. them that pre-professional or you take them from professional we from... take them from professional but that would be um first year pros okay so, so that... for example um we'll go and see southampton under 21s and when i talk about education this is very much um doing workshops around looking and really understanding what Property's about investing and then delivery, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's a 20, 25 minute workshop where we'll, um, we'll talk to a group of um, 
players and, and staff about um, what types of property you could, you could buy, how much it would cost. Um, we talk about the most tax efficient way of buying that would be through a property company yeah. because that also enables them to um, maintain their first time buyer status. Because when you speak to a group of young lads, their signing on fee is probably going to be anywhere between 10 grand and 100,000 pounds. I, okay. I, I take it. I, I, I could be um, slightly. Well, it's quite a broad that. number anyway. It, it's going to be depending on the profile of the player, yeah? So I could be speaking to an under-21s group um, at QPR, um, and they're probably still on scholarship money or first-year money, yeah, yeah. which might only be 15, 20 grand a year. Okay. Um, whereas a first-year pro at Man City yeah. might be considerably higher. So they're going to get a signing-on fee. Now, we're trying to help support the club educate their players with better financial behaviours because what happens is is that when you're in an environment and you're looking up to either the 23s that's now abolished but then the first team will yeah. reserves they've all got a nicer car a nicer watch um, a nicer lifestyle yeah, yeah, yeah and I think whilst that motivates some of the younger players they also can not all can um, buy mm -hmm. and spend their money um, a little bit, uh, yeah. not foolishly, but I do feel that they're, they're, they're looking to impress. I think, I think Mika Richards spoke about it recently, didn't he? Where he said he'd, he'd be earning, what, 100 grand a week or something Correct. along those lines. What an interview that was. Right, and then he's, uh, he's about to go on Friday going, I haven't got a game this weekend, well, I'll just go to Vegas. Yeah. You know, and literally... But it's not just him he's paying for, he's paying for his, his entourage. Correct. It's not just that as well, but you've spent 100 grand, say, on a weekend, you know you're going to get another 100 grand next week. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just, it's actually quite mind-blowing, the, uh, the extent of the money. And then you look at uh, Saka, who's obviously signed, was it 300k a week? Something along those lines I saw yesterday. This guy's 21 years mm. old, 22 years old. It's yeah, you know, it's unbelievable, yeah. and this is what this is what's interesting to me. You're you're obviously would love to work with those types of individuals, I'm sure. But what I really like is you're going still very much grassroots and taking the education part for lads and ladies and from different sports lives that potentially will not make it. Yeah, all the way that to that bigger number. Do you know what? It, it, that's exactly it. it. We don't go in there to. Um, to earn a load of money out of it. You know, we're, we're blessed with the fact that if I didn't do another sale for the next 12 months, it wouldn't change my life. Mm -hmm. So we go in with the right intention of helping provide the right information that allows them to make the right decision on their money. So we had a fantastic um, talk with West Ham under 21s. Now, West Ham under 21s just won the league. Um, Good team. Great team. Some unbelievable talent in that group. Um, and one of the lads reached out. Um, I don't know if I can say his name or not, but maybe I'll keep that private. Mm -hmm. But he's, he's got a fantastic future ahead of him. So <clears throat> he called me and said, I love the workshop. That's really inspired me now to, to change the direction of where I was going to spend my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, where are we going to spend it? He said, I was going to buy a new car. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, that's normal. Yeah, so don't, yeah, yeah, don't worry yeah. about that. Um, he said, but what I'm thinking is that if my money could 
work for me better in a property, then maybe I'll just stick with the car I've got. And I guess that's where you're trying Definitely. to take I, I, yeah. these guys' ideas. We're not trying to be their, their parent no. and say, no, you've got to do this. We're trying to give them options. And we, all, we always say that you don't need to use us. We're just providing you with the information that allows you to explore this on your journey at some point. But interesting, you talk about their parents. You've got to probably, uh, you probably do appreciate this, that probably a lot of these people's parents either currently still live in a council house uh, I've lived in a very small property yep. and never had access to enough money to either buy a house or uh, even let alone invest in property. So do you have to have a fair bit of interaction with the parents? Yeah, we do. And, and, and that was my, my next point. So we actually asked this lad to arrange a call with his parents uh, and we did. Then we set up a WhatsApp group and, and then we helped him set up a property company. We then got him a mortgage for that business. We then helped him open up a bank account. We then found him a really nice little buy-to-let property. And now that property is let and managed in this business, and he makes around 12 to 13% on his money. Okay, so what a fantastic what, position. Uh, so decision from, that, from that kind of buy to sale, let's yep. take that position. So I've just done your workshop. Yeah, I've given you a message going, hi Lee, I really like what you had to say. Yeah. What's the next step? This is obviously the how it yep. works, right? So it yep. pulls in quite nicely into the next section of how does it work? I'd yep. like to buy a property. <laughs> Lee, I've got a bit of cash here. What's a starting number as a realistic starting number that you'd need to get into this sort of side of things? About 30 grand. Okay. It could be less, but the thing is, is that if you buy too cheap, it's going to probably provide with too many maintenance issues or the contingency is going to take it up to that 30,000. Yeah, so okay. We, do, we normally say around 30,000 pounds and that would involve maybe some sort of entry level turnkey investment, which will be a really nice sort of two bedroom house that you and I have both yes. got as well. Yes. Um, and somewhere between 70 and 90,000 pounds. Okay. Um, the mortgage on that would be about, say, 225 at the moment on these rates. But the rents would be about 575. Okay, so I'm a footballer. My brain's just gone. Lee, I, I like the idea. I have no idea how you've just said yeah. that to me. So let's break it down. So you will then go, okay, you've got 30K there. You will then go out to market to find property or you've got we, portfolios in different parts of the country? Yeah. So. Over the past sort of three or four years, we have built some fantastic relationships with trusted property providers that feed us with these sort of entry-level turnkey investments, and they're fantastic. We've also got the higher level end at you know three, four, five hundred thousand, and then we've got our other end of beyond that at like two, three, four, five million quid. So the majority of our clients are happy just to buy little and often, and okay. I think that's brilliant. It's something that I'm trying to do myself. Um, I've just, I'm buying my fifth one at the moment. My goal is to get to 10. When I get to 10, I will have financial freedom for the rest of my life as a family. So we have a line in the business which is called delivering on your own bullshit. <laughs> and to be fair, you're delivering on your own bullshit. Absolutely, yeah. And, 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 we, and we have to make financial sacrifices and, and, and life sacrifices to, to achieve this goal. You know, we will genuinely sit down and go, can we afford to do that this month? So you haven't signed your new long-term contract at 300k a week yet? Not quite, no. no. <laughs> I wasn't involved in the SACA yeah. deal. That would have been nice. Um, but I feel that providing these young lads with the option and then we can support them on that journey, we don't ask them to sign a contract, we don't take any money up front. Yeah. It's all built on trust. trust, it's all built on longevity. If they get, get a good experience with me because I formulate the, the sales, I will be given a two-bedroom house that I think will be perfect for this young player. Yeah. Um, I then send all the pictures, all the numbers, the floor plan, the videos, all the bits and pieces. 
with a breakdown of, of all the associated costs, and so, he would then approve it, and then we start the sale. So let's step back on the actual properties themselves. You're looking to sell me property in the north. Yeah. Why am I looking at the north? I live in the south. Well, yeah. why, I don't understand why I can't buy something southern with my money. Yeah. Um, what, what are the key elements of a property you're looking for um, when you're making these decisions for these people? Is it, is it size, value, location? Is it state? It's rest, it's, it, honestly, it's really simple. It's financial returns. Um, okay. you, know, you wouldn't bank with your nearest bank to your house. Okay. You, would, you would go to what the best bank for you. Um, for, for us, we, we assess every single sale based on a return on investment and the yield. Now, as you know, buying in the south, you're going to get the right capital growth. But to buy a two-bedroom property here in Marlow, it's probably going to cost you half a million quid. And then what That's, sort of starting number would you need then on that? Uh, well, your deposit alone is going to be £125,000. Okay. So we're talking um, probably all in for what? 150, 160, including yeah. stamp duty, um, legal fees, any works that you need to do. And then the rent is, is gonna, it'll cover the mortgage and other associated costs, but are you really making much profit? So okay. therefore we would look at what sort of returns are you making? But would they also be allowed at that young age to buy at that level? Uh, through us, um, we wouldn't recommend it, no. So, I mean, from a lending point of view, the risk portfolio, would a, a mortgage company go, okay, you've just started a brand new limited company, you're 20, and you're only just starting earnings? At 20, no, 21, yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. 21, they would. Yeah, because their salary would more than cover. Because, as you know, when you buy a, a property through a property business, um, you're still the director of that business. Okay. You're loaning your money to that company, yeah. um, which means you can pull the profit back out without any uh, income tax. However, um, if because you're the director of your own company, you still have to be financially assessed. And a lot of these, these boys at 21, 22, especially in the Premier League clubs, um, they're earning six-figure salaries. Yeah, okay. But if we go back to the the broader spectrum of yeah. sports. So you don't just cover football, you do football, rugby, you do Olympians. Yeah, no, we're, 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 we're very fortunate. We're attracting more and more um, inquiries from different sports. So just to make it clear, we are in the Premier League life skills brochure. And what does that mean? What that means is, is that Premier League clubs need to provide compulsory and optional education to their younger groups. Okay. So a Premier League club like Manchester City, um, before they pull someone else in to teach their players about more life skill opportunities yeah. um, and education, they would look at their Premier League life skills brochure okay. and they would look at the companies available. Yeah. Um, there is some compulsory ones there, which would be about drinking, gambling, social media and everything else. Then it'll be optional. And we are in the optional section of the Premier League. Um, we've got a fantastic relationship with the Premier League. Um, the Premier League uh, have attended our workshops on more than one occasion, um, and they love it. So I would be shocked if we're not part of next season's. Okay. Uh, oh, so it's a yearly renewal. It's a yearly renewal. Okay. Um, we've we've been renewed now for five seasons That's in good. a row. Um, Must feel good, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That we're 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 blessed with that to be the only property company 
representing Premiership. I was going to ask that. So you are the only one. We're wow. the only one. And but we're also the property partner for the Rugby Players Association. That's Rugby Union. And then um, only recently um, we were asked to be considered for the Rugby League player care program. Um, so you go through a four-stage interview process and then we were asked to attend the pre-season um, partners conference where all of the other life school partners sort of get together yeah. and we then meet uh, the, they're called development managers. So for example, on- There's a lot of layers then. There's a lot of layers. Uh, on Monday, I was at St. Helens mm -hmm. Rugby Club. So I had met the development manager, manager who represents all the players with activities away from rugby. Yeah. Um, and said that we've, we've put it out to the squad who they would like to come in, they've said you. Um, it's not a compulsory session, no. and they've got a 34-man squad. 26 players signed up wow. to attend. That's fantastic. So my team and I went to St. Helens on Monday. Um, I mean, we didn't get a standing ovation, but we got a fantastic round of applause. <laughs> and the amount of players that have reached out since saying, I mean, I, I posted something on Instagram this morning um, from a, another player at Salford. Uh, um, and sorry, not Salford, from um, whole Kingston Rovers, who was yep. a club I went to a couple of weeks ago, um, saying, you have literally inspired me to start this process. It's great. He's just announced his retirement. He's got a huge following on social media. His, his um, I mean, my, my knowledge on rugby league is, is very, very tiny. Um, he's clearly a, a enormous profile player in this sport. Um, he's just announced his retirement and he's absolutely gutted that he didn't start this journey years ago, but no mm. one's gone in to help, to yeah, educate, yeah, yeah, to yeah. help them learn and, and this, this way of working. And, and the thing is, when, when these players get money, they turn to a financial advisor. Yes. And, and, and that is definitely the best thing they can do is get some real good financial advice and make their money work um, whilst they're playing. But it's also important to understand that, that they should diversify. Mm -hmm. So they should definitely have a financial advisor and the financial advisor should also be helping them with their property portfolio and, and spreading their risk with their funds. Deploy Recruitment Group provides fast and reliable recruitment across the UK and overseas. We source, screen and deliver quality skilled individuals to meet your business requirements. Using our extensive database, market knowledge, network and latest software, we provide access to specialised talent and address your industry's core challenges. Plan, supply and deliver safely. For more information, please visit our website, deployrecruit.com. So interesting on financial advisors, I'll flip it the other way. I, have, I do have property um, and interesting my financial advisors told me to diversify away from property. So is there, a, is there an old school markets investment still heading a lot of effort, uh, financial advisors? Oh my God, unbelievably. <laughs> it, we've, we've got, a, there's a shirt over there, I won't mention which one, top Premier League player, just been announced in the England squad. Um, I've known him for, for, for a few years, and we get on really well. I've helped his, 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 his dad with the property as well. Um, his financial advisor has told him not to focus on a property portfolio, and it, it's so frustrating. Mm. But that's one of the reasons why we wouldn't recommend players to go with him, because 
we've got three or four financial advisors, wealth management planners, yeah, yeah, yeah. who are brilliant, and yeah. they've got the fa most fantastic intentions for their clients. And property portfolios can often complement mm -hmm. uh, the rest of their, 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 finan their, their finance working because markets change. Yeah, and over yeah, the past yeah. couple of years, stocks and shares and they're not performing that well no 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 whereas historically they, they've been yeah, performing course. really yeah, yeah. really well FTSE has always kind of ticked along that's and you it. get your gains and you invested it yeah that's it so I feel like if they're not working so well then maybe their property portfolio would actually get them out of trouble so my other question was is purely your business centric around sports or do you open it out further to human beings other than sports people um, the answer is ideally not Mm -hmm. um, we really enjoy our niche market in sports. Good. Um, apart from friends like oh, you, yeah, sure, uh, or our own network Associates, of yeah. close people. Um, but no, we, we we focus on helping sports people, and the reason why is because there isn't that many really good investment opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. You know, we might be closing anywhere from sort of ten to thirty deals a month. Okay. Um, which That's healthy, right? Really good. Yeah, really good. We've we've now obviously got a management team, so on completion we can actually manage uh, the client's property and portfolio, so we can take responsibility of their letting and their management and their maintenance and their renewals and everything else. So is that national? National. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere in the country, we can look after it. So we'll we've we've covered the point then of they can buy your property. Yep. You can help arrange the mortgages. Yep. You can introduce them for the sisters, sisters insurance. Yeah. So, as a as a twenty year old, is there anything I I need to really consider that can't be managed within this kind of turnkey solution? Absolutely nothing. No, we we offer a fully wrapped service to the point where we've now just launched our own lettings arm. So okay. Which means that on completion we can now actually rent it. And is that a, di that's a digital platform? I take it. Um, no, we've got a physical team in place that will go out and rent them so that we can well digital platform yes in the, mm -hmm. in the sense that it will be on right move it will be on zoopla um which will attract the inquiries but yeah. we've actually got people on the ground now that go out and actually do the viewings um okay. and we can now do our own references right to rent checks prepare our own tenancy agreements tenancy renewals property visits okay because we're trying to take a bit more control yeah the standard of estate is is got quite bad not every, it used to be so popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in my day when I wanted, I mean, but I still own my estate agency today and it is hard to recruit mm. good people. Really, really difficult. Um, no one is leaving school saying, I want to become an estate agent. Whereas back then, back in the, uh, in the 90s, the yeah, 2000s, yeah. everyone wanted to be because everyone knew it paid well. It's yes. long hours, but it paid well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I guess it doesn't pay as well. I also think that the younger people of today are not prepared to do the hours that is necessary to um, make you graft in life. Um, I feel like when the reason I became successful in a state agency when I was 17, 18, is because the moment I started, the first thing I did, I looked at who's a manager. Mm -hmm. She had been there a long time. Um, and was very good at her job, no question. Um, but I knew that I had the ability to go further. Yeah. So I, I decided to come a bit earlier. I decided to work a little bit later. And I did that every single day. 
um, on my Saturdays off, I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? I'll probably mm. just go down the pub with my mates. And But I thought, well, maybe I'll just go in and work half a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to be prepared to do whatever you've got to do to succeed in life. And I reckon um, I never got burnt out, really. Um, I loved what I did. Yeah, yeah, and you've yeah, got yeah. to love what you do, um, even on bad days. Yes. So life's not perfect. Um, you know... You but also, would you put that down to having a uh, a good woman behind you as well? Yeah, like Lorna's very supportive. You know, um, I've been very lucky. We've been together since we were very, very young. Wow, um, I've seen the haircuts from that period as well. Yeah, oh, very bad. impressive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm on fine wine, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, no, look, absolutely. Look, she's she's been there for me, and we've gone through you know good times and bad times with it. You know, you, you but kids your kids are your motivation but you've got to find that burning desire to be better than anyone else around you and I think that's what comes down to me being successful at sport at yeah, such okay. a young age I was always competitive I always wanted to be the best I was blessed to play in the best teams best district team best county side um, and even like today I mean we're, we're fortunate enough to be we're completely unrivaled in what we do but we we but we come into work every day as if we've got four or five top companies trying yeah, to outbid yeah. us for everything that's good um, and the and reason I'm asking for the family structure is that if I was a, a child, uh, sorry, if I was a, a parent of a child and I've got this bloke going, give us your money. I've just, you've got a nicely signing on fee. It's your first ever kind of big cash yeah. sign on. And I've got some bloke going, I want 30 grand out of the 50 you just got. I want to know that the, the, the person I'm handing that money to has got the same family and morals uh, that somebody who has nothing has. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And, and look, we, what I say to people all the time, whether it's with a, a player at England or a young lad or, or a female uh, athlete, it's like, look, I'm just a normal family guy, you know. Um, I, had a, I had a dream to become a, 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 become a professional footballer. Um, I created a new dream. And the dreams come true. And there'll be more dreams which will attack and try and build and, and, and achieve in life. Um, not every dream does come true. Every, and there'll be, there'll, be, there'll be obstacles in the way that we'll, 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 we'll have to overcome. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with what I've got. I've got a great family. The kids are fantastic. They've, what they've achieved in, in sport and academically is, is, is brilliant. You know, we're so, so proud of them. Um, my team here is unbelievable. Um, we graft, we work hard, we communicate, we do a lot of stuff socially. You've got um, a lovely location as well. We, we're blessed uh, with this. Beautiful. It is, yeah. We've got a thousand square foot of, of, of barn conversion, which we invested so much money into. Um, but, you know, we've also embraced you know, technology and change and the markets and prices. Um, we've got great uh, additional services like our mortgage guys. They're fantastic. Um, they're always educating us in, in what, the, what the base rate's doing, what the buy-to-let markets are doing, what lenders are lending, what aren't ones yeah, are. Yeah. So we're always trying to be on the forefront so we can provide the information to allow yeah. people to make the right decisions. Um, and, it, and, and that's why um, you know, it, it, it's, it's down to them. If, if they don't want to do it, it's absolutely fine. We can provide the information. Um, and, but a lot of us, a lot of players find trust difficult. Yeah, of course. Um, I think they probably feel that everyone wants something from them. Correct. And um, I've been associated with, with a few recently and it's, it's always you introduce yourself and they're like, 
what do they want? Yeah. Rather than having just a legitimate conversation and yeah, it's really nice to meet you. Exactly that. And I th- but at the moment their guard drops, you become a very close person in their life. And they will then ask you questions, not just about property, but mm-hmm. they'll ask you questions around life. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, we've agreed over 570 sales for mm-hmm. players in three and a half years. It's pretty good, right? I can't imagine many estate agents top estate agents mm. in your high street right now that are doing anywhere near that level of business yeah sure so to do that with a little team like what we've got here yeah. is um it's plaudible but so would, would you here's an interesting question would you prefer the internet to be switched off from tomorrow to get your business even bigger um from the point of view of you've highlighted you're on the ground you're always visible and you're going to the areas you're buying when you're obviously saying the other estate agents are lazy, is that a good way of putting it? Um, I think the standard in, in the south of estates is, is, is dropped. Would I want the internet to stop tomorrow? Um, I don't know how it would impact me too much. If they were going to list a property that I'm suddenly... I mean, last year the, the market was, was really tough because, you know, what the internet would allow is that obviously a, a, an agent would list a property and the estate and the, and the internet would then facilitate that to, you know, millions of people yeah, yeah. and investors like me are all over it. And, and we, I'll be honest, we... I mean, whilst we still, we still agreed 179 sales last year, um, we withdrew from over 50 okay. because we were either getting gazumped or we realised that actually the price was just, just, just too high. So, so you're, you're still heavily involved in making sure that number is dropped if required, and if you don't feel it's good value, advise on that. Correct, because what happened, what's happened over the past sort of six to 12 months is that interest rates have gone up, mm. property prices have kind of levelled down, come down a bit, but also rents have increased. So the rents have increased to, to kind of compensate the rate increase, yeah, yeah. but also we're buying properties at slightly less value today than we were maybe six, nine months ago. So, so do, do you feel that the property values in whole are still over the top or is it purely market pressures? It depends on what type of properties. You know, obviously we only focus on um, buy to let investments. So yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, you know, um, we'll look at somewhere like Hull, for example, and, and we are actually... We do buy some stuff there, um, new builds that have permission for service accommodation. The service accommodation market in, in the postcode area that we're, we're buying in is unbelievably thriving right now. Okay. So uh, the returns there are super hot and heavy. Um, so if you take that comment I made about the internet and you took Hull, for example, yeah. without the internet, you would probably be less gazumped because you're specialising in something that's working for your clients. Yeah. That was kind of probably my point. Yeah, I yeah. probably didn't describe it as well enough. Yeah, definitely. So when you talk about gazumping, the internet, as you say, allows for much higher bidding. So is there a problem that you've got so many eyes on it, the market price is being pushed up artificially because everyone wants that piece of it? Definitely, because, you know, when there's fewer stock that comes to market, it forces it drives prices higher right you know the demand's always there but it's all about supply and demand and my point if you can't see it you can't bid for it but if you know about it because you're that expert on the ground true it's yours to negotiate i think from a sales arm i would i would agree from a from a lettings arm i would 
disagree yes. because we wouldn't be able to rent them as quickly. Of course. And therefore, our returns might not be as high because we haven't got that real big demand for rental. But great question. Um, I haven't got an answer for it. <laughs> it's fine. There's just no... So we probably have covered off a lot of the why, but, but why are you doing this? And like I say, it's not... You know, it's, the, the question, the answer can't be because you want to make money. No. Why? Oh, no. Look, it, look I mean, I did it originally, like I said, it was for, for, for a lifestyle change. Now I've got my lifestyle change. Now I love developing fantastic relationships with new people. I mean, let's be honest, I've got the best job in the world. I've got my two passions, mm-hmm. as in sport and property, and I've put the two together. Um, and, I, and I've completely taken myself out of my comfort zone. Um, I've never done public talking. Um, a year ago, there is not, or maybe two years ago, there's not a chance I would have agreed to this podcast because <laughs> I would have stuttered them and mumbled throughout the whole thing. Um, but we're in a, a very influential place here where we can help young athletes across different sporting environments through different backgrounds um, learn something that they didn't know. Um, and if that leads to anything, then great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, but it, it will help them at some point in their career. And when they earn a little pocket of money or some real life-changing money, well, I learned something about setting up a property company. I can loan that property to yeah. my business. And when we, the feeling we get when we see a player on a journey that goes from a workshop to a property acquisition to a rental, it's so satisfying. And it's got nothing to do with the, the money at mm-hmm. all. Um, I love coming to work every day. You can see the environment we've got here. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I love working with my, with my team. Um, but the, the, I mean, we're super blessed with working with some of the biggest names in sport who are just calling me up for a round of golf or a chat or a beer. And you think, come on, this is, <laughs> this is not what I thought maybe yeah. five years ago when I'm working in Harrow doing a valuation at seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, for somebody that probably just didn't really want to sell. So quite a tight area. Yeah, we've got, we, we, we are fortunate, we are lucky, but in the same breath, I, I feel like we have created our own luck. I feel like we, nobody, well, I feel like we work so hard and we invest so much time um, physically, emotionally into this business um, that why wouldn't, someone reach not reach out now yeah no, I, get um, that. I think any athlete with some money um should consider partnering up with us because you're not you're not buying a, an expensive pair of trainers at five six hundred quid and going they're a bit small um there's a lot of layers of protection and if you if you could park your 30 grand into something that was going to give you 11, 12, 13% on your money for the rest of your life, and it sounds like a no-brainer. Hence why, you know, I'm, I'm on that journey myself, and, I, and that's why it's nice that I'm in a position to do that. On a, on a slightly different note, we've spoken quite heavily about the, probably the male part of the game. Yep. The future of MPH Sports. Yeah. What's the future looking like? Um, are you looking to progress more into the, 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 the women's game, which has obviously got a, a massive you know, uptake, a, a real investment and a real eye. I mean, let's be honest, the Lionesses winning the Euros. Oh, 
so exciting. Took it to another level. Yeah. You know, I've, I've taken my daughter now to a number of the uh, the Arsenal ladies games. Um, she plays football, like you say, your daughter plays football. Yeah. It's an exciting time. And, only, and what's going to come with that is, let's be fair, the financial rewards. So is that something you're obviously moving into or yeah. is that something already on the, already on the horizon? Uh, it's already on the horizon, yeah. Um, it's something I'm so passionate about. Um, as you know, um, my Chloe loves her football. I've coached her team for the past five seasons. And, um, and we, we've got a really, really super successful team. And the women's game has changed enormously. Um, we, we do work um, for a few female footballers at this present moment um, and some of the biggest names in the world. Um, so we are in the process of exploring how we get into the WSL. The the, the problem the WSL has got is that there isn't an educational setup program yet. Okay. So the Premier League have established. Established, but it's it's got a play liaison for each club, it's yeah, got a head yeah, of education yeah, yeah. for each club, and that's all been, maturity in it. Correct. Mm. Whereas the women haven't got that, they haven't got infrastructure. So the only way of us providing this sort of information into a female if we went to Arsenal, for example, and you know I work for some of the Arsenal footballers, right? Yeah. Um, for me to go in there, the only way of doing that is through, through a recommendation from the player. Okay. Which is not the right way of going about it. But in a, in a perverse way, it's quite nice because it's going back to a very old school fashion of... Referral, right? Referral, yeah. Rather than, this is it. I agreed. Um, and, you know, we, we don't have to pay the Premier League anything. No. And the Premier League don't pay us to go out either. Of course. Um, but I do think in the women's game where, I mean, the Euros was just so much fun. And you've got the World Cup coming up in July. Um, I think England will be fantastic in that as well. Um, every young girl now who didn't think they could play football, they've motivated these yeah, yeah, young yeah. children to believe that they can. But weirdly, I'm finding there's a lot more boys watching the women's game yeah. rather than watching the men's game. Um, I was on a train the other week and I was coming back from the Arsenal ladies game with my daughter. And the amount of boys that were discussing the game knew every name of the player, yeah. their position, yeah. league, how many goals they scored. I thought it was a real, you know, it was a real turning point that the younger generation now will have an equal opportunity to do as they see fit and actually do what they want rather than be potentially feeling like a second tier to the men's game, for example. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you, I mean, some of the endorsements for some of these women at the minute, I mean, we're talking high into six figures. Um, I just hope that they have the right people around them and they're not just attracting the wrong people. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I mean, I was with Beth Mead only mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Um, I mean, what an introduction that was, you know. Yeah, so that's going to be another exciting one. Um, we've just bought two properties for Erin Cuthbert at Chelsea. Erin um, won't mind me mentioning that either. Erin's um, an amazing person, um, Scottish international. She signed for Chelsea at 18. She's seen the club completely change since. But there is still, um, what's the word? A, a, a diversion. If you, the women have to park somewhere, the men park somewhere. Okay. Um, they will train somewhere. 
the men train somewhere. Okay. They all still come together at certain parts of the of Cobham. Yeah, yeah. But it is changing. I think the world and the cl clubs are, are, are accepting mm -hmm. that the women's game is a, is is seeing a huge amount more traction. Yeah, now. I mean, if you see, I mean, I was blessed to go to the the, the Champions League uh, semi final with Chelsea, um, but if you look at that game in Barcelona, yeah. It's a full house. Oh yeah, biggest, biggest uh, other than the Arsenal at home. Yeah, outside of but yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it's got the momentum there now. It has, and 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 we've got to encourage that. And now we've just got to encourage some some safe life skill information mm. into these people because I'm talking to an awful lot of female footballers, some of the, the best in, yeah, in, yeah. in in the league, um, some in the in, best in the world, um, loads of internationals and. Everything that we're talking about, they don't know. So but you wouldn't. No, of course you wouldn't, because their life's been football, mm -hmm. and they're amazing, um, and they accept that because their money isn't as good as the men's, um, they need to make it work. Yeah. And whilst yeah, they're yeah. travelling from club to club, and they and they they need to make their money work, um, this is so important, and that's why someone like Erin. Um, who has got a passion for, for property. She's got a home in, in Leatherhead. And um, yeah, she's like, I've got money in image, right? So I, I need to invest it. It needs to be working. And, we, and we've structured a property company and we've loaned the money from there into that. Um, we'll do the same with Beth. We've got the same with Vivian Medina. We've got, and, and these people just, they, they're just so nice. They're so yeah. humble and they fully appreciate that this should have been happening a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They accept that it's now there. That's good. And they need to be uh, taking full advantage of that. And if they've got the right people around them, um, what a place uh, women's football is going to be for the next 10 years. I mean, it has inspired so many young children, uh, feet, uh, young girls, you know, like yours and, yeah, and mine, yeah, yeah. just wanting to play football. And they're following all these women on Instagram and stuff. And it, it is motivational. It is. And, I, and I love it. I mean... Prime example, I mean, we had a, a cup final for my girls um, two weeks ago. Um, I managed to get um, some uh, motivational videos from players like Millie Bright and Sam Kerr that came through to me to wish the girls well ahead of the final. Just a normal Sunday, right? Can you, can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, the boys would do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the same. It's not the same. Correct. It, um, and, and this was this was enormous, and the girls honestly just looked at each other, and went, "Oh my god!" I mean, I didn't even have to do a motivational uh, talk before the game. And said, "You've got some people that are supporting you today." And so I was that the um, "You're crying, I'm not crying" game? That game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 game. But yeah, look, I, we, we've we've we we listen. You know, we would never have been in a position to have bought a horse um, a couple of years ago. But listen, right? It was my dream. We talk about dreams. I've always wanted to own a horse. Um, and we entered it up at Haydock for a big 100 uh, grand race. Um, it would have been lovely if it had won. It didn't. That's <laughs> life. And we'll hopefully take it to Ascot for the Champions uh, uh, Day um, in October. But it's a dream, right? Um, at some point, we'll pass it on. But it's, it's great. But we, we, we're hoping we can replicate this and we're going to take it abroad. And, and I think if we do, um, we well we feel there's a chance that we're going to take this to Scotland um, next season. 
Um, so we're hoping to speak to all the uh, Scottish Premiership clubs okay. next season. Um, but if we could take it to maybe, maybe like somewhere like in America, um, that would be fantastic. So would you would you take it from the current players to buy abroad, or would you take it abroad to buy in that country for just those players, or would you kind of hide no, the latter? The two? Absolutely. So you know, it's an educational piece. We don't know about. Uh, the San Diego market. We don't know about them buying property in, in Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. um, or wherever. It's about teaching them to consider property investment as part of their future. So we're not going to go out and start sourcing properties for them. No. Um, but it's, it comes down to education about providing uh, motivational um, reasons to, to, to invest in property and I hope we can we get the opportunity to do that because I feel that we're there's a couple of goals that we need to hit here first I think once we've done that this business will then have financial freedom once that business has got financial freedom it will enable us to actually invest in other countries and provide all this information without any boundaries correct. any restrictions correct Cool. Okay. Well, I think that's a, that's a pretty good way to end it. So from a from where you are now to that sixteen year old Lee again. Yeah. Is there anything you would have probably advised yourself differently, or do you believe everything that's happened has happened for a reason? Honestly, um, I was asked this question recently. Actually, I think everything that's happened has happened for a reason. Um, I don't re- necessarily regret not being the perfect student at school. Um, I felt being competitive in sport enabled me to be competitive in life and in business. I think um, having the right attitude to succeed, um, treating people with respect, working hard, listening to people, and embracing other people's skill sets. We've got a lad in there, 21 years of age. He is the brightest kid I've ever met in my life. And now we've got another apprenticeship um, lady coming through who starts on the 1st of August. You've got to just, as a business, we're embracing young talent. These guys work differently. Yeah. Completely differently. Thankfully, we've got a bit of experience on our side now. Um, So, yeah, the fact that um, we've gone through um, a failed sporting career, um, through setting up your own estate agency, going from, um, I bought my first property at 18, to then being homeless at 24, um, to then buy my perfect family home in 2008 and then having to move back out because we couldn't afford the mortgage because of the credit crunch. Um, that's what business throws at you. And as long as you can apply the right mentality and spirit and accept that some days are bad and some days are really, really bad, um, it just makes the good ones feel really strong. Um, so, yeah, just just... You only get one chance at life, give it a go, um, and then hopefully it all works out. Wow, what a lovely way to finish. Thanks, Lee. All right. Really no, appreciate it. I enjoyed that. So that's been uh, Inside Success with uh, myself, Paul Smith, and Lee Pottle from MPH Sports. This will be up soon on YouTube and everything else. And anything you want to plug yourself, finally, Lee? Is there anything you are doing yourself personally you'd like to plug? No, well, if anyone wants to check out our website, um, you can see some of the players that we work with. Um, 30 um, podcasts we did. Um, we're, it's called Talk, Sport and Property. And where's that available on? 
that's available everywhere. I think. Everywhere. Sort of, yeah. yeah. So what would that be? Um, Spotify. Spotify. Um, yeah. Apple Music. Everything. Uh, all it's available. Pod, all your, your favourite podcast. But we we should we we stopped this about a year ago now. We 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 should probably do another series. Um, life has obviously been a bit bit busy recently, but I think that coming into the year, we spoke about this this morning actually, didn't we? Um, yeah, it's talk sport and property. Um, yeah, you'll see a lot of your favourite um, sports people from cricket to boxing to so like Savannah Marshall, for example, got a massive world title fight again coming up. Um, we interviewed her, um, Chris Robshaw, former England captain. Um, we talk about, um, yeah, you know... Uh, Basically, listen to it, is what you're saying. Do it! Do Get it. on it! Listen to I'm the I'm Do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening again. And I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I found it really interesting that how the education piece is a massive sell to the next generation. Because, let's be fair, money doesn't come easily. And trusting someone to spend it with, especially when buying property, is a massive decision. If you want to find out more about Lee and his business, find him on mphsports.co.uk. If you like this podcast and you enjoyed this episode, Give it a cheeky like, give it a reshare, give it a comment. And if you want to follow us on socials, we're on Instagram as Inside Success Podcast. Till next time, bonjour.